Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of jasper and I'm... Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And we also have our YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio. And we have our two books, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God?, and Paula White, the former heretic in the White House. And those two books are available for you on Amazon. Also, our website, propheticnews.com. And our email address is susan at propheticnews.com. And if there's any former members of Remnant Fellowship or people that have participated in the way down workshop that want to contact me, then uh, you have my email address there, Susan at propheticnews.com, because there was quite a following here from Gwen Shamblin, who later became Lara, who divorced her wife, her husband, after 40 years of marriage, yikes, and they had two grown children. And she married Joe, Lara. She used scripture to back up her messed up theology. And uh, later on, then she claimed that she she had all the answers. And her church, Remnant Fellowship in Brentwood, Tennessee, was the one true church. And she was big on authority, You big on submission to her that that was God's plan, that she was, God was the head, Jesus was under God, and then came church authority. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that. We're, we're under the authority of Jesus Christ. And when a, when a pastor or any, any kind of ministerial leader or wherever you're going to church, if, if they demand that you come under their authority and You have to answer to them, and you have to ask them if you could get married and and, uh, if you could go shopping. And uh, I remember there was a a lady that she came to our town one time, and she claimed that she was a prophetess. And and, uh, she came to my house, and, and I had some friends there, and she was she was saying, okay, we have to go to the grocery store. And then when we go to the grocery store, we're going to walk up and down the aisles and we're going to pray and ask God what we should buy. (laughs) Among other things that she was saying. And I was like, well, I'm not buying this. That's for sure. So, and uh, 
I, I, another, this church that I went to when I first got saved after I left Colorado and I was in Florida and, and they were into this shepherding and they were into this whole thing about you have to be under the pastor's authority and we have to watch out for your life. And anyway, I, I left that church shortly after a few months because I knew it was wrong. I knew it was this shepherding thing. And I knew that ultimately we're all under the authority of Jesus Christ because he sees everything we do. The pastor doesn't see everything you do. And, uh, so they they had a lady in the church that her husband was molesting their two daughters and she left him and later on the pastor and his wife were counseling her to go back to him so that she could keep her family together well who does that a messed up cult like there's a testimony in the HBO documentary which was on the uh HBO Max channel now i'm not recommending hbo but I, I think some of the things they do are good but some are not so good and but this happened to be a very well done documentary and uh and it's a three-part series that they did about gwen shamblin and her remnant fellowship and there was a lady there that gave her testimony about her husband was cheating on her and he was abusing her verbally and she went to the leaders of the church because they they had to report to their leaders and uh, the leaders were supposed to solve all their problems so she went and she was telling them about her husband and then they went and told her husband and the advice that they gave her was go back to your husband do whatever he wants in in any any way shape or form even if he abuses you whatever he does just submit and uh, try to keep your family together well she stayed there for a long time but you can't give uh, women that kind of advice that they're being abused by their husbands in more ways than one and you're you're telling the woman to stay there and accept the, the abuse so these kind of things, when when these kind of things happen to people, I think you have these. The alarm has to go off in your head, and you have to say to yourself, "There's something wrong here." Which, when you look at the testimonies on the HBO documentary, and there were quite a few from ex-members, they stayed in this so-called church for many years. And uh, their children were heavily involved. They had many children's programs. And you can go and look at at the volumes of books that were out there, children's books and workbooks, all, all different programs that they had. I'm not sure she wrote all of those. She must have had a, a ghostwriter. I don't know how somebody could put out that much material. And uh, her her sermons that she's got up on, YouTube and the other video channels. And so she, a lot of the times, and I would be very curious because I wasn't, I, I searched through hours and hours of material on this woman and I was trying to find information, especially on how she did her fundraising at the church. A lot of times when they do their offerings or they ask people for tithes or whatever they're asking for they don't put it out there publicly they don't live stream it 
and they don't put it out on the internet. So there wasn't that much information, but of course, she was very wealthy. She made millions of dollars from her way down workshop. And when she divorced her husband, and those documents are available online, there was a a TV station there in Nashville. I think it was News Channel 5 in Nashville. Anyway, they, they did a lot of reporting on Gwen Shamblin, who later became Gwen Shamblin Lara. And they put up her will is there. Her divorce documents are there on their on their website. So if you wanted to look at those documents, they're, they're there and available for the public to see. But anyway, in her will, now I, I thought this was really strange because she got divorced in, uh, I think it was 2018. And then two months later, she married this O'Lara guy. And she never changed her will, according to these documents that were on there. The original will that she had, she left everything to her first husband, who is now her ex-husband. There was no provision that I could see made in the will for anybody else. She had two children. And uh, so she left everything to her first husband, but because they were divorced, even though she didn't change her will, it, everything went to the two children. And they're both grown. I would say they're probably in their 30s. That's what they look like to me. There's a a son, Michael, and uh, Michael Shamblin, and then their da- her daughter, Elizabeth, Hannah. And Elizabeth's husband, Brandon, was on the airplane that crashed. There were seven people on the plane that the plane crashed within two minutes of taking off. They took off from Smyrna, Tennessee, in a Citation jet, which was some 35 years old, maybe more. The jet, it looked good, but it was an old jet. And they took off, and there was uh, communication with the tower and... The pilot, I I assume it was Joe Lara, her husband, was a pilot along with her son-in-law. So there was two pilots on the plane. They're saying that there was only one one seat or something, I think I heard that, for a pilot. So I don't know if there was a seat there for the co-pilot. But in less than two minutes, the plane crashed. And they lost communication even before that. The tower lost communication with this plane. So there was no mayday. There was no indication that anything was wrong with the plane. They just totally were wiped out of the sky and crashed into this lake. And so there was supposedly a text message that was sent out, I guess, from somebody on the plane. And it was sent out to... Uh, Gwen's daughter and and then she sent out a text message saying to pray because the text message from the airplane said that they were going to have to make a landing a controlled landing is what the uh, text message said well they never made a controlled landing whatever happened I don't know if we'll ever know, but I'm going to play 
during the course of this program, I'm going to play an audio interview that I did with a pilot, Dan Greider, who has a YouTube channel called Probable Cause, and he has been a pilot for 40 years. Anyway, he got interested in this case, and he's doing an investigation into the crash, and so he's going to put his findings out there. He's got a couple videos on there about Gwen Shamblin and about uh, Remnant Fellowship, so which are very interesting. So I'll be looking forward anyway to hearing his findings because I'm. It's it's a very uh, really fascinating case because you're thinking to yourself what could happen in two minutes, and all seven people, of course, are dead. Nobody made it out. There was two couples from the church who had children and Gwen and her husband, and he had a daughter that I think she might have been 10 at the time. And, of course, Gwen had her two children, and the, and Gwen's daughter lost her mother and her husband. So it's a very interesting story because all the – you wonder that in the last moments – I guess they knew they were going to die. Did anybody call on the name of Jesus? Did they realize then that Jesus is Lord and he's the only one that can save you? You wonder what happens to people in the end. You just wonder because she certainly didn't preach those things. And uh, she liked to sue people. You, there was, There's a, a website, Spirit Watch Ministries, and he did some very... Um, in-depth articles on Ben Shamblin and her beliefs. And so at one point, she sued him because she didn't like what he was saying about her. Well, she didn't win that lawsuit. This was back, I think, in 2009. But there's a lot, a lot of these TV preachers and these so-called ministers they like to sue people because they don't want you to say anything about them. And so they try to stop you. And they, it, these lawsuits a lot of times are called slap lawsuits. And they will slap a lawsuit on you to cause you pain uh, so that you have to get an attorney and you have to spend money fighting them and, uh, it could go on and on before finally you're going to get a good judge that's going to throw the thing out. And even after the case was thrown out, they appealed it, Remnant Fellowship and Gwen Shamblin and her cohort there. And uh, the appeals court threw it out too. I know in the state of Florida, I think that these slap lawsuits have become illegal and they should make them illegal everywhere because people should not be allowed to sue you just to to cause you pain because you said something about them. If you're if you're uh, saying things and you're making things up, that's one thing. Nobody should do that because you should always base your reporting on facts and evidence and and whatever would stand up in a court of law. But just because she didn't like this man and she wanted to shut him up. She was worried about her, her reputation 
And uh, anyway, it didn't work. But there was quite a few lawsuits that they did file against people and then that people did file against them. She filed a lawsuit against a lady for uh, writing a book about losing weight. And and uh, she claimed that the lady was copying her book. <laughs> like nobody else can have a diet book, right? But that's that's another thing that helps you to recognize uh, a cult or a church that has a cult mentality is when they tell you they're always being persecuted and people are always hating us and talking about us. Well, people are going to hate you for the cause of Christ. That's true. But uh, because somebody's talking about you, that is not persecution. <laughs> like, could you please grow up already? If you can't, uh, criticism, then you're in the wrong business. You better get out of the ministry because I'm going to criticize you. Not everybody's going to agree with what you say, but as long as you can back up things by the word of God, it, then uh, if they want to criticize you and you have you have proof that you're not um, a con artist preacher or, or a scam artist, then who cares what they say? Because God will be on your side. But if you're if you're not going to uh, tell people the truth, and you're going to be a scam artist and and a con artist, well, God's not going to be on your side. So He's not going to be there to defend you. And uh, of course, with with uh, Gwen Shamblin, she thought she was the only one that had the truth. And Remnant Fellowship, and she called them Remnant Nation. So if you watch the HBO documentary, and and they talk a lot there about the cult aspects of Gwen Shamblin and her so-called ministry, and it was very, very cultic. As I spent many hours listening to her audios and looking at the videos, on the different video channels and looking at the evidence of her teachings, her written teachings. And uh, it was very new age. A lot of it was very new age and it wasn't based on the gospel of Jesus Christ as we know it. It was another gospel. It was another Jesus. And she claimed to be a prophetess. And she was very good at manipulating people. She was very good at it. She had a a pretty good-sized congregation there in Brentwood, Tennessee. The church is still open. I don't know what's going to happen to the church. They said that it was reported that she didn't leave anything to remnant fellowship in her will, which she didn't. But she did. There was a deed, a quick claim deed, and I think it was in... 1998 or 1999 that they her and her then husband did deed the property over to the church at that time whatever that was the latest deed that I could find and it was a quick claim deed so she said that she did give the property to the church the church property anyway she did give the church property to 
the church along with the building. And I, there's quite a bit of acreage there too. It's a huge piece of property with a very, very nice church building on it. What's going to be some of that? I don't know. And then she owned a house there. She owned many properties. There was probably 19 or 20 properties that were listed in this divorce settlement and she had to give her ex-husband half of everything. So she wound up giving him eight or nine properties and she had to pay him three over $3 million. And so the divorce was very costly, but yet she still owned quite a bit of property. Later on in 2018, after she married Joe, which I thought was very interesting that she didn't put her new, she didn't change her will after she got remarried and she didn't put her new husband in the will. I thought that was, <laughs> that was very strange. And uh, she didn't put her children in, in the, in the will either, but she did form these trusts. Why she did this, I don't know, but there's many, many trusts that were in her name. And one of the trusts, the um, Franklin, the 902, I think it's called the 902 Franklin Trust. And that trust, the deed there is between her, Gwen, and her son, Michael. So that was her house. And her house sits on 22 acres there in Brentwood, Tennessee, it's a big mansion. I think it's 11,000 or 12,000 square feet. And that's where she lived. And they held all kinds of events there, weddings and different things. There was always something going on over there. Anyway, that property is in a trust with her son's name on it. And her name, of course, she's dead now. So, But she she formed many, many different trusts. And there's a Another house that's for sale, it looks like it's for sale for $3.5 million, and it looks like it's the house of her daughter, Elizabeth, and uh, I think her husband, Brandon, was a real estate agent because his name is on the listing, although he's no longer alive, and anyway, she's selling this place, but there's also a, a whole list of properties that were in her name. So they made out, They supposedly there was $20 million in real estate that this woman owned, even though she claimed, this is another thing these people like to claim, is that I don't take a salary from the ministry, and we give and give and give. Well, yeah, okay, you give and give and give. You didn't need a salary if you had $20 million in uh, holdings. So why did you need a salary? Who knows, though, as far as what she was, if she was being given anything in donations or if they were paying for her home or her expenses, you don't know because those documents are not available. They did form a corporation in, in the state of Tennessee, and I think that was in 1997 that they formed a corporation for her remnant fellowship church so that's registered with the secretary of state also interestingly enough she took a ppp loan out and uh, those were the loans that were given during the coronavirus outbreak to churches payroll protection program which was given to remnant fellowship 
three um I think it was three hundred thousand dollars and uh the loan was forgiven in twenty twenty one. So they got that loan in twenty twenty. They said they had twenty three employees and uh even though she had all that money <laughs> she took the uh the PPP money and that that debt was forgiven. Isn't that nice? But uh, it's a very wealthy family. The, uh, of course, the church there is in Brentwood, just outside of Nashville, which is where all the country music singers live. It's a very exclusive community. So uh, she looks like she, they say she had over a thousand people in her so-called church. And uh, well-dressed people, in, uh, some of them were supposed to be intelligent people, but yet they fell for uh, her nonsense. And uh, she had quite a bit of control, especially over the men. She had, she didn't really have women in leadership besides herself. She had men in leadership, and they seemed to follow everything she told them to do because she taught on authority that yes, this chain of authority and uh, you had to listen to her. But anyway, let's listen to, I have so many audios. Let's listen to these audios. And uh, here's the first audio I'm going to play. And this is her claiming that she has the one true church. I praise God that you have either found the website or that you are visiting the worship services looking for the truth. What is truth? And who has it? How do we know that God exists? What is the nature of God? How can one reconcile the findings of philosophy and science with religion? What is the nature of revelation? How do we know that God reveals his will to mankind at all? Which of the thousand religion traditions are true? And which commands should be followed? What must one actually believe or do to be considered a true adherent of God's true religion? I've asked all these questions and wondered if there was a church a true church on this earth or not? Or was it just going to exist in heaven? I have good news. I have found God's church. I have found God's people. And it is worth you seeking. It's worth it. This movement that was founded at the turn of the century is not a new religion. But it is a continuation of the directives that were written down by all the true prophets of God. God introduced this message in the beginning as written in the law and the prophets and made even more clear by Jesus Christ and the apostles. The message that answers all questions for all seekers and philosophers 
and all theology and all science is clear and it is profound. Love God first and alone and foremost. The creator more than the created. Then love your neighbors as yourself. The remnant is best defined as a body of worshipers of the God of the universe that has found the greatest joy in total submission to this God's brilliant will, to his Holy Spirit, and to his Son, Jesus Christ. The remnant is a group of people that come together to unite on the fact that God's sanctuary should have those that are pure, born again, holy, set apart for God alone. The house that bears his name is the only place that God asks for a small, divergent group of people to leave other loves behind and love with a passion only Him, to follow Him only. It is God's will that His church remains under His rule for good favor and protection and blessings. So... This small remnant broke away to lay down rebellion and to get away from the powerful delusion that we cannot lay down sin. The truth is that we all lay down sin as a choice. And taking this truth and therefore responsibility and personal accountability has changed our life and given us a new life with a fulfilling purpose. So the remnant does not teach blind faith. It doesn't teach a blind faith that you accept from your parents and never question. No. We teach an experiential faith. You need to base your decision on the favor and the involvement of God with a holy body of people that is looking for God. You need to base it on that. We humbly declare to you today that the remnant fellowship of believers shows people the power of God. The people in the remnant all left the established religious system and joined the remnant for one reason. Their entire lives, health, finances, relationships, and their spiritual relationship with God were amazingly transformed for the better. Now, it is very, very weird that when she would preach a sermon and these people would stand up and they would applaud wildly, as you could hear, they were very into this whole cult-like mentality that they were the only one, they had the truth, they were the remnant, and she had this new theology that uh, Jesus was 
lower than God. And it's all about God. It's not about Jesus. But the Bible says you don't come to the Father except you go through the Son. But, of course, she uses these the terminologies, and you'll hear you'll hear it more as we play these audios. Anyway, this is part two of the One True Church. What you have just heard is real and a testimony. We're better off. These people that you've just heard, their hands clapping in a standing ovation, these people had tried every religion and every self-proclaimed medical expert from Mayo Clinic to the top people in the world, they have spent thousands trying to improve their lives in every category. They have gone to extremes such as suction-assisted lipectomies to end the unwanted overweight that was damaging their bodies. They've gone from that to Eastern religions and tried acupuncture and everything to change their ways. They were not moved by just one theological debate. No. It was witnessing something so powerful that they could not deny the hand of God. The existence of the God of the universe. We know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. We don't have that question anymore. We know that God exists and that he reveals his will to us. We found it. Each life has been born again into a happy and joyful and fulfilled and blessed life. How? From finding the truth about what God wants for their life and then putting it into practice. From this unquestionable transformation... Through this message that gave them the one, two, three of how to obey God. It's just a truth or a doctrine that they could not get from any other religious sect or medical help or from the government. At that point, their eyes were open to see that this message was indeed a resurgence, a rebirth. A restart of the ancient message that came from the ancient prophets and Jesus Christ. This is the true church. Your decision or choice of religion of who you're going to bow down your knees to and worship is the most important decision in your life and in your family's life. You should not settle for anything less than a true church and leadership and a body of people that offer proof that God is with them and that the God is the one and true God It should not only be based on someone else's testimony of how God changed them. You should yourself experience the power like each and every one in here has. God has poured out his spirit 
on adults and children in this congregation. And this spirit is leading this people to the truth. No man can produce such astounding changes. I had nothing to do with this. This is God's hand. Thousands upon thousands of pounds of weight loss in this congregation. Marriages that were on the brink of divorce and now they're restored. People who were in bad health, they're healed completely. Children that were lost and out of control are now back under the authority of their loving parents and so on and so forth. You'll know the truth by the fruit of the change in your life for the better. When you are broken and tired of being your own God and boss of your own life that you've not done a good job of, it's time to come home to true religion that is simple but powerful. Welcome seekers to the Remnant Fellowship Church. scary, isn't it? Very, very scary. And notice that the music playing in the background, and she uses these hypnotic inflections in her voice. And she does say that you uh, have a changed life through Jesus Christ and and accepting Jesus as your Savior. And uh, no, it's from belonging to Remnant Fellowship and following their principles that you find God and uh, you have a changed life. Well, nobody can have a changed life without Jesus Christ. He's the only person that can change your life. And these people were so deceived by this woman. But here's the, Here's another excerpt from her daughter telling her mother that they're in the one true church. You can imagine if I lost one of my children and to have to act like nothing happened and to not be able to grieve that child. This is the true church. That is because you are the genuine article, and that's the difference. I mean, when I was in school, all the guys could not wait to go to college in some distant place. And I just wanted to stay here. I wanted, I wanted to be near you. But that was because of the fruit that was coming from your life. And I don't know of another preacher's child that can say that their, their parent, who is a preacher, lives out what they preach. And I can't. Well, and I'm not saying there's maybe some out there, but the same, same, I pray, thank you for that. I appreciate that. When Gwen steps down, the reins will go to Elizabeth and not to Michael. Although Michael is the oldest, but um, Michael doesn't want it. That was uh, Gwen Chandler's daughter. Elizabeth telling her mother, "Yes, Mom, we're in the. I'm in the one true church, and it's because of you." Uh, before that, there was a lady talking, and, and she was talking about the fact that Elizabeth lost a baby to crib death recently when they were making this documentary, and that they didn't really 
talk about it at the church. They didn't like to talk about these kind of things about death or things that were happening to the family because things weren't supposed to happen to the family. Things like this didn't happen to them. So that, and uh, also Gwen's son was ha- is he was having his own problems with women and drinking and and uh, seemed to be very unhappy with the situation. Of course, the children participated. Yes, they did. And they didn't back away from their mother's teachings. They they attended this so-called church and they stood beside her. So you always hope that children of these cult leaders and of these con artists, TV preachers, that you hope that they break away and stand on their own. A lot of them are usually worried about their inheritance. Both of her children had, her son has a big, huge house worth over $500,000. And uh, of course, her daughter is now selling this one home for $3.5 million. So they all had great benefits from uh, supporting their mother. But that should never be enough for somebody to deny Christ. It should never be enough. Anyway, here's Gwen uh, denying the Trinity. Faith have touched off a firestorm of controversy. We're sick that this has happened, that she's gotten so off track. Absolutely not true at all. CBN News brings you the Way Down Diet Fallout. It's been the key to weight loss success. But now, Gwen Shamblin, the founder of the faith-based plan, is leading her followers astray. Just ahead, we'll have more on the disturbing controversy surrounding her. Faith has rocked her empire. I asked her in my own case, did she think that my salvation occurred when I lost 60 pounds? And she said, yes. I had been a Christian for 25 years. Absolutely not true at all. The weight loss fallout. The program has helped many in the Christian community in their fight to lose weight. But now its founder has come under fire from some of those same people because of her theological beliefs. Here's more from Lee Webb. Queen Shamblin, founder of the popular Weight Down Diet, is rocking the Christian world with her controversial views on the Trinity. Despite her popular program that turns people from food to God, the twisting of the Trinity was more than some Christians, including many of her followers and employees, could take. CBN News reporter Wendy Griffith has the story. In uh, late August, we started getting a number of phone calls uh, asking for information on Way Down Workshop and Gwen Shamblin. Don Vino is president of the Midwest Christian Outreach, an organization that investigates cults and false religious movements. He called Shamblin to find out firsthand what she believed. There was a pretty clear denial of the doctrine of the Trinity, which surprised us. It surprised a lot of people because Shamblin's Way Down Workshop is in more than 30,000 churches in 60 denominations around the world. Gwen's view is that God the Father has a physical body, that the Son came into being at a point in time, uh, and she misuses Colossians 1.15 when she does that, uh, and that the Holy Spirit is God's will. Now, that's much closer to Jehovah's Witness or Mormon theology than it is to biblical theology. The Christian belief on the Trinity teaches that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are united in one Godhead, that they are co-equal and co-eternal. Shamblin disagrees. There, are, there is a teaching in the traditional creed of the Trinity that Jesus is equal 
to the Father. And so I hold a very strong stance of Philippians 2, that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. All the New Testament writers and Jesus himself taught a Jesus that said, not my will, but thine be done. Shamblin's theology statement posted on her website once read, where I differ on the teaching in the Trinity is that there is equality and power and glory of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Rather, I believe it is a clear line of authority. Her most recent statement reads, Do you believe that Jesus is equal in power and glory? The answer, no. The head of Christ is God. She goes on to say, The scriptures are teaching a scriptural line of authority, not polytheism. Theologians say Shamblin appears to be taking the scriptures out of context and that the teaching that Jesus is not a co-equal and co-eternal member of the Trinity is heretical. That's an ancient heresy which theologians call subordinationism, that uh, one of, member of the Trinity is subordinate to the other. And churches have split over that over the centuries. But the, the theological consensus over centuries is that Father, Son, and Spirit are equal in substance and uh, that they have an equal ministry and they do have, uh, they are, the Lordship in, in the Scripture says the Godhead. The Godhead is one in three. It's a mystery that man cannot explain and yet it's revealed in the Scriptures. Messed up. Messed up. Anyway, it caused a big stir. But my my question is, why were people buying this in the first place? Her way down workshop in 30,000 churches and people weren't checking it out to see what her theology was? That's very disturbing. Anyway, here's part two of that. Since news of Shamblin's Trinity teaching surfaced, some 800 churches have dropped her program. Some Christian bookstores are refusing to sell her books, and Thomas Nelson Publishers canceled her new book. It's also been reported that as many as 40 employees of the workshop, based in Franklin, Tennessee, have either been fired or left on their own after refusing to sign on with Shamblin's theology and refusing to join a church she started called Remnant Fellowship. Absolutely not true at all. When you happen to have a religious product, well, therein you'll find people that, that, that their conscience will say, well, I like working here, but, you know, I really can't support the product. So we've had some of that go on. But some say the Trinity issue pales in comparison to Shamblin's teaching on God's grace. Carney Hawkins had worked at Waydown for four years, most recently as director of counseling. She considered Shamblin a close friend. But their relationship became strained over Shamblin's interpretation of God's grace. She talked about grace being um, a license for sin and the blood of Jesus being used inappropriately. And I took her to 1 John uh, 1-7 where it says, um, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, um, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I said, Gwen, there's never going to be a day in my life that I don't need the blood of Jesus. And she said, Carney, that is the heresy I'm trying to stomp out. If we deliberately keep on sinning, he said, look, there's only, there, there's only fearful expectation of judgment and raging fire. Is anyone going to quote this verse? I will. I'm going to warn the people. I've been called to warn the people, and I believe that's my job. 
It's also been reported that Shanlin told some women who went through her weight loss program that they were not saved when they were overweight. I asked her in my own case, did she think that my salvation occurred when I lost 60 pounds? And she said yes. I had been a Christian for 25 years. Former volunteer. <laughs> it's like, okay, 800 churches dropped the program after she came out with that. No, all of the churches should have dropped the program. And nobody should have participated. Anybody that called themselves a Christian should have participated in anything this woman had to say or do after that happened. Because that's just insane. It's totally insane. And uh, that's, I, I blame a lot of that, too, on the people should read their Bibles, and I don't care who's saying what. If it doesn't line up with God's word, you run for your life, because there's no sense staying under somebody's teaching, or, or you like the person, or the person's charismatic, or whatever, and they're leading you to hell. It's just not worth it. So if it's not thus saith the Lord, then we don't want any part of it. Anyway, in 2004, I'm looking at this quick claim deed here. In 2004, it says that DNG partners are the grantor and they granted to Remnant Fellowship Church that building on 1230 Franklin Road, Brentwood, Tennessee. So anyway, that was the latest on that. So when, when they were saying that she didn't leave anything to her church, apparently they left this property to the church. I don't know what, what's going to happen now. Anyway, this program is going to run over. I, I only scheduled it for 90 minutes, but we still have 35 minutes. I'm going to see if I can change the time. I have about a 30-minute interview I wanted to play with um, Dan Greyer, the pilot, and so, and I have a lot of audios here. So if we go off the air at, at uh, 2.30, the program is going to continue until I finish everything. And that will be available in the archive after I'm finished. I might not be able to change the time here to uh, play everything that I need to play. But um, anyway, we're going to play all these audios. So you can hear and get a good view of who Gwen Shamblin was. But here's her daughter talking about how her mother was about money. You know what her day in and day out lifestyle has been throughout her life. You see her preaching and you've seen her on the tapes. But she could have spent an entire life up in some ivory tower, you know, taking care of her nails and spending money on her own things and keeping this relationship with God to herself, permanently thin, and, and keeping it to herself, because that would have been an extremely much easier road to take. But that is not what she did. She has spent, since I was little, since Micah was little, she had us holding onto her hands and walking amongst the people, walking amongst the crowd, and finding the needy. And to this day, she asks the major counselors every single week, who are the needy? Who are the needy? Who are the needy spiritually? Who are the needy financially? Who are the needy physically? She's asking all the time because her heart is greatly moved when it comes to someone in pain and someone in need. And she takes one person at a time and solves the problem. 
literally goes from one person to another for as long as I can remember. It's made all the difference to me and Michael because now we know how to live our lives and we know how to do Remnant next. We know how to do RF next because it's not about us. It's about the needy. It's about the hurting. It's about God. She also could have made her entire existence about money, but she never made it about money. She hasn't taken a salary in I don't even know how many years. She donates everything that she can. She's literally donated the land here. She's donated uh, this church building. It would take me forever to tell you how much money and sacrifice she has handed to all of y'all. But she has, um, I mean, she practically handed Michael and I's inheritance away. But let, let me tell you, <laughs> but that's okay. Let me tell you that Michael and I have fully supported her in every single decision she has made. And why is that? Why would a child support the parent when the parent is handing all the money out? It's because when the parent doesn't worship money, then the child doesn't worship money. I don't think so. She says that uh, her mother was handing all the money out, giving away, practically giving away their inheritance. Well, I don't think so because uh, she left behind about $20 million in real estate and assets. So, no, your mother wasn't handing out all the money, and nobody's, nobody's supposed to feel sorry for your mother and to feel sorry for you and your brother because you 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 made made out okay. So, quit the sob stories. But they like to tell you, these cult leaders and these, con artist preachers. I could tell you about all the money they're giving away and how they don't take salaries. And Well, when you have that much money, you don't really need a salary, but I guarantee you she was getting something. It might not have been a salary, but it's probably gifts and things like that. They, they don't do things out of the goodness of their heart. Here's another clip from her daughter, Elizabeth. Laura also created the controversial Way Down Workshop. Her husband, Joe, is presumed to have been the pilot. Now investigators are turning their attention to the plane, the pilot's experience, and the conditions when it crashed Saturday shortly after takeoff in Smyrna. The leader's children are expected to take over the church in the weeks to come. I know what I'm called to do, and I'd always told my mother, if something happens to you, you know I'll do it. You know I'll do it for God. It's not what I want to do, but you know I'll do it. We are truly on the verge of walking into the promised land, friends. Let's not blow it. Let's do what's right. Let's go all the way into the promised land together. Amen. her mother died that's her daughter at the so-called church telling everybody she's going to lead them into the promised land i don't think so i don't think they're going into uh the promised land no i don't think that's where they're going i don't know where it would i i i it, the whole thing is so diabolical and 
it's even it's hard to believe that people followed this woman. They didn't crack open their Bible themselves to find out what the word of God said. And they blindly followed her. You can see these, uh, you hear the applause and the excitement over these statements that these people are making. And it's so odd. It is very odd because usually when you go to church on Sunday, most people don't get up at the end of the uh, service and just start wildly applauding and cheering the pastor. (laughs) It it just doesn't happen. Anyway, I'm going to play this. This is a... um, It's about a 28-minute interview with Dan Greider, the airplane pilot, and the show might go off after this, but like I said, we're going to continue on, and that the rest of this program will be available in the archives after we're finished if I can't change, extend the time here. But anyway, here's Dan Greider. Guest with us today, Dan Greider, and we're going to talk about Gwen Shamblin Lara and the plane crash that she was in at the end of May, which killed seven people. And Dan is an expert and he has a YouTube channel, Probable Cause. That's where I first was aware of his videos. Anyway, I'm going to bring Dan on here. And hi, Dan. Hello. How are you today? Great. I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, yes. Uh, enjoy your show. So uh, quite quite the story, isn't it? Yes, it really, really is. And uh, I was searching for some information about Gwen uh, the other day, and uh, I looked at the HBO documentary, so then I got very interested. And uh, I saw your YouTube channel, and I thought, wow, you did a terrific job on your investigative reporting on this plane crash. And uh, how did you become interested in Gwen Shamblin, Lara? Well, my background is all aviation and, and airplanes, so my YouTube channel was started just a little less than a year ago, uh, mostly involving investigating plane crashes. So I had never heard of Gwen or Joe or Remnant Fellowship plane crash happened. Um, So my channel and and the work that I do has nothing to do with religion or any of these other off-spruit topics or anything like that. I I purely stay in airplanes except for this one where I got very interested in because the the cult aspect of – of this entire operation, which was wrapped around a jet plane crash. Yeah, it really was uh, a cult organization. If you if you really look into this whole operation, Remnant Fellowship and Gwen Shamblin's ministry, which I'll put in quotes, but I'll say so-called ministry, but it was uh, very, very interesting. So then what path did you go on uh, after you be, you became aware of the plane crash? Well, I I looked into the plane crash right away, and I could tell that there was very, something very unusual about the flight path for the airplane. And so I went to Tennessee, and uh, the plane crash happened on a Saturday. 
and I was up there seven days later. I was up there on a Saturday, and I made my first video from up there where I concluded that this there's something that smells really rotten about this whole deal, and it's a plane crash that I'm probably going to look into. And then I saw on the web, I saw all the other postings from, I mean, it's a hundred to one against Remnant Fellowship Church. There's there's almost nobody supporting these people and what they were doing for all those years. So I started looking into that and uh, made my first video just seven days after the plane crash. And that video is embedded in my other video. That's the one where I'm on the church property. I'm actually at Remnant Fellowship Church, and I'm I'm standing there with the church in the background explaining what happened here seven days ago. Yeah, so – a remnant fellowship church is in Brentwood, Tennessee, correct? And and that's where Gwen had her luxurious mansion. And the church, how many acres uh, is the church property? Uh, I'm not even sure off the top of my head. It's, it's a lot. They, they own a lot of property. And Brentwood is the elite real estate of Nashville. It's just south of Nashville. That's where all your country music stars and you're ultra wealthy that Brentwood real estate is high dollar real estate and she had been collecting houses collecting property collecting real estate and paying cash for it all of these years from the money that came in you know she she always said that she never took a salary but what she did was all those millions and millions of dollars that came in she was very smart she bought property and all these properties are in different names and different LLCs, and they're all – it's hard to tell what's what. But on a on a cash flow basis, she didn't keep the cash and put the cash in the bank. She bought real estate, which only appreciated in value. And then in later years, when times got tough, she used that real estate to borrow against it uh, because it had very strong uh, cash value. Um, it had – she had she had enough equity in the property that she could borrow against it when she needed to. Yeah. So um, did you visit the crash site? Yes, I did. Um, the crash site's in the water, but I'm, that's in one of my videos as well. I'm out. I'm out there. I actually dove at the crash site. Uh, of course, there's nothing to see out there. It's just it's just water. The, the airplane's in about 12 to 15 feet of water, and then below that is a a mud base that's probably another 20 feet thick, deep, and just pure pure mud underneath the water. So you are also a scuba diver, so you dove down in there. Were you able to see any of the remnants of the airplane? No, I did not. I am a scuba diver, but I did not have my scuba gear with me. I uh, mostly see how deep the water was at that spot, and I wanted to see underneath the water what was the bottom of the lake like? Was it sand or rock or silt or yeah. mud? Or what was it? So I wanted to, to swim down to to the base of the lake and find out and put my hand in the bottom of that thing. And so, no, I never did see uh, – in fact, I didn't even have any goggles or anything on. There, uh, the water is very, very dark and murky, and there's nothing to see, and I didn't have goggles. So I simply swam down there just so I could feel – what the bottom of the lake bed felt like. Yeah, to get an idea of uh, 
the impact of the crash? Was that why you did that? Well, I wanted to know what it is that they're going to be able to find. Um, eventually, they're going to drain that lake. Uh, most of the airplane is still down there in that spot. They, oh, I see. they were able to, yeah, most most of it, see, when it hit that hard, it went, it penetrated the water and went straight down through the water all the way to the mud and kept on going. So it's, um, most of that airplane is in a million pieces, but it's all scattered and fragmented down through that mud. Oh, so, uh, of course, Gwen was on the airplane with her new husband, Joe, Lara, and her son-in-law, and four other members of the church. So his, her daughter now has lost her mother and her husband, which is a very sad tragedy for her. She has four children, so, and then Gwen had a son, but... uh so it it was really tragic. The plane went down in two minutes, <laughs> which I yeah, found from, astonishing. Yeah, from takeoff to impact was, um, I can't remember now. It's been a few weeks since I've uh, studied that part of it. But uh, it wasn't very long. From, from takeoff to impact was a very short time. Yeah. So uh, I noticed in one of your videos that you said this plane, a citation, and you can inform the people, the listeners about this plane, but I, I found it interesting that you said it was made out of Bondo. Well, I'm I'm being just a little bit facetious with that, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, airplanes typically in the past are structurally very strong. They're made out of aluminum and yeah, rivet. Metal. Um, yeah. And metal. But uh Later technology, for instance, Airbus airplanes right now that you fly on are mostly what they call composite, which is a form of plastic. They oh. they may, instead of making out of out of metal, they're making them out of out of plastic, which is basically bondo. It's not really bondo, but it's it's a it's a plastic composite material. And Cessna started doing that for a lot of their airplane, not not their structure, their wings. And all the basic body of the airplane was still metal, but all their fairings and external pieces, any place they could save weight, they went to this plastic material, this composite. So uh, uh, really that citation was probably 10% bondo and 90% metal, but it's not like, uh, say, a Learjet, which is 100% metal. It's a strong airplane. It's all yeah. metal, and they're on a Learjet. Yeah, so... Uh... You also said that the plane was old, and they—they uh, most people don't even want to buy these planes. Yeah, the the jet is called a Citation, the 501 SP, and it uh, it's from the early 80s. Um, so they were very popular in that time frame, but the engines are worn out, and it's very difficult to get those engines overhauled anymore. Um, and the engines are on a, a life cycle, so when they when they come up to their hours, basically the airplane is only worth whatever the amount of time is remaining on those engines. So they're they're not a desirable airplane anymore, unless I mean they're cheap. If you just want to say that you have a jet, which is yeah. Gwen's case, she could buy it real cheap and tell her friends that she had a jet, and that's 
kind of true. You know, there's Lear jets and then there's near jets. So citation yeah. is a near jet. It's, yeah. it's not very fast. It's old. The only thing you can do is with a straight face, you can tell your friends that you own a jet, and that's kind of true. And that's all she wanted. It's just the image for her. Yeah. So you became interested in the crash, and you're going to be putting out another video on your YouTube channel, Probable Cause, and you'll be giving your expert opinion on what you think caused the crash. When will that be ready? Well, it's uh, I've got I've got two more to go at, at least on Rem Fellowship Church. The next one is in production right now. Um, and to answer your earlier question, you know, I got involved with the jet crash, but right away after I made my video, I was contacted via an anonymous, a very strange anonymous text that wanted to talk to me. And you know, I I don't have anything to hide, and I published my cell phone number. I don't. So anybody that wants to talk to me can pretty much talk to me anytime they want to. Either make, yeah, make email. It's very easy to contact Dan. So this yeah. anonymous person wanted to talk, and so I scheduled a time via a uh, an app called What's What's App. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Uh, um, it, it's a method of communication that's kind of under the radar. What's What's App? So I downloaded the app and got it, and uh, all of a sudden this person called me, and it was Natasha. And Natasha is the girlfriend of Joe, the oh, ex-girlfriend yeah. of Joe. Yeah. So she and I became friends over the phone, and she explained further what the problem was and all the inside information on that. And Natasha is a very, very bright girl. Uh, she is a fighter, and she is smart, and she she had the whole thing, all the documentation concerning the court case, all the inside information on Remnant, and she she wanted me to have that information so that I could do that YouTube video. A bulk of my theme and 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 start on that first video that I did, the the long one um, concerning HBO Max. That all that information came from Natasha, um. and she and I became friends. So after I talked to her on the phone a couple times a day, I mean I got very involved in this story once I understood um, these. These people were still trying to arrest her and get her daughter back to Tennessee so they could prove this court the, uh, that the daughter, which is Liana, should be kept in Tennessee and should be raised by the church is what they were wanting. Even after Joe died? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that was the problem. So after the crash, Natasha took Liana and they disappeared to some place in America. Nobody knew where except for me. Yeah. I came with Natasha, and I went and visited her. A full day, I flew out in the morning and flew back that same night, but I spent a full day talking with her and looking at the documents, and that was the first time that we met. And then we we became even better friends after that. She trusted me, and... I fully understood her plight and what her story was, and I was able to do that that documentary video that I did is 
way off the beaten path for me, but I felt like it was very important because even after the crash, here's a mother and a daughter are still being oppressed by this church and chased and harassed and it's and bullied. They were still yeah. being bullied by the law firm, and they want nothing more than to get away from them and live their lives in peace. They just don't want to be harassed and uh, suffer all these legal proceedings, which Remnant Fellowship Church was still, even after the crash, proposing to continue after the crash. So that's the reason I got involved was to free Natasha, and I feel like I did that. I've I've accomplished that. Yeah. So uh, Gwen was the pastor, I put that in quotes, too, of this Remnant Fellowship Church, which she started later on. Of course, we know that. Uh, for our listeners, that Gwen went off the track as far as the Bible was concerned. She kind of started her own theology, and uh, but she they loved her over there. They would give her standing ovations after she preached, and so she divorced her husband of 40 years, and she married this actor, Joe Lara, and uh, you did see her will, and tell us about Gwen Chamblin's will. Well, it's it's typical Gwen Shamblin. She's a narcissist, self-centered. Of all the love uh, that she proposed to have for her friends and congregation and for that church, there is nothing in that will for anybody except Michael and Elizabeth, her two kids. So there's no provision for the church to continue. It might continue for a little while, but there's no there's no provision in that will for for Joe or the daughter or anybody else. All those life ported her in the church and helped her and donated their time to cut her grass and cut her hair. And, uh, I mean, she had so many lifelong volunteers. Not a yeah, one of them got a yeah. servant. Yeah. Nobody got a So yeah. in the end, you can see the true colors. Gwen was only in this for the money. And she was a scam artist, and she convinced all those people that that she was God. It's, it's very similar to Jim Jones and some of these it's other Very cults. similar, yeah. Very, very similar, where you're able to convince a congregation uh, up to and, and including the point where they would probably lay down and die for you if that's what they you asked them to. Yeah, they would have, yes. I think, yeah. Because I, I watched some of her videos, and they were, yeah. Who who preaches a Sunday morning sermon and the congregation gets up and applauds? Uh, that, that's odd in itself. Usually that doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, she had those people wrapped around her little finger there. And uh, she was very good at it. I mean, she was, she was very, very good at what she did. But also they said that she was leaving this church property to the church, which is worth millions. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure of that. Um, the the church was never organized as a standalone entity to have the deed to that proper property. Um, I'm not sure. We're we're yet to find out who holds the actual title to that property. Uh, basically, there was one just one big conglomerate, and Gwen Shamblin controlled the checkbook and all the deeds and titles to all of that property. I have not seen anywhere where this church 
was deeded a special deed to the congregation of the church. Um, I I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it'll all come out. It's the, the I guess the documentation. It's all there. You have to just like you know, dig for it, but it's there somewhere. And uh, so she owned this big mansion there in Tennessee, quite a beautiful house. And she was always having these lavish parties. And and uh, the uh, her beach house that she had in uh, Florida, I guess it was. But yeah. as far yeah. as far as her uh, husband being a pilot, and then wasn't the son-in-law a pilot too? So there was two pilots on this plane. Yeah, ironically, there was two pilots, and Brandon Hanna was in the right seat. And Brandon Hanna was not only a multi-engine pilot, but he was instrument rated as well. So oh. that's that, that's a very suspicious clue right there. That um. Very unusual because Brandon was a sharp guy and he was an instrument pilot as well. So very interesting turn of events there. Um, but no, the Shamblins, they're they're totally in it for themselves. Um, and Gwen, no matter what what her mouth was saying, she's a narcissist, self-centered, ego. Uh, she she only claimed to be a pastor because she could make millions of dollars at it. Even her sermons, if you go back and look at her sermons, she doesn't open the Word of God and, and no. preach from the Bible. She no. wants to talk about way down, and she wants to talk about what class are you in and, and all of that stuff. So, it, I mean, I can't believe that a congregation, and really these are these are Church of Christ Intelligent people. Intelligent people, but they're well-dressed, wealthy people there in Brentwood. They're not dummies, but they fell for it. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily fell for it. It became financially agreeable to all of those people. They had they had their own little sin city, and they could do anything they want. Among their network, they had doctors, lawyers, dentists, eye, eye clinic people, uh, veterinarians, builders, everything. Uh, real estate, no matter what your need, if you were a member of the church, they had a member that would help you out. And yeah. the, the the members viewed it as a huge benefit because it's basically a country club. They had yeah. free, free alcohol. They could do whatever they want. There's intermarriage sex between the people. There's, there's, fr there's free exchange of, of, of wife swapping. There's all those things. You can smoke cigars. Uh, there's drugs. Everything in this world that is sinful, they, they had it all. And you could do it under the umbrella of being called a church. If they did give money to the church, it's tax deductible. So it was a win-win for everybody. I'm not sure that I, – I think most of those people were very smart. I think they totally knew the difference, but they're totally okay with it. If that's what it takes, they're making good money. They can say they go to a church, and after after Saturday evening service, out comes the alcohol, and they're going to party, and all the other vices, their cigars, uh, all the stories that I've been told. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm in contact with a ton of 
both current and ex-Remnant Fellowship people that have contacted me, just like you contacted me, that have yeah. told me all the stories of all this stuff. The, the sexual aspect of this is even more fascinating because Gwen actually had power over many of the male leaders in that church where I'm not sure recently, but in, in past years, she actually slept with the male leaders of this church as a form of bondage and sealing in the fact that they could never leave because now now she had something on them. Well, it seemed like she did have more men, of course, surrounding her than she did have women, but she had she did have couples. She had two couples on the on the plane with her from the church. And yep. uh yeah. But you also there was something very interesting I think you brought up about Scientology. And when I was listening to one of her sermons and it sounded very much like Scientology so I was I thought wow there it is so wh- what do you know about that involvement well Gwen brought in the the main guy from the Nashville Scientology church and brought him to Remnant and uh she wanted to incorporate the success tactics from Scientology that would gain her even more money. And you have to remember in the, in the final years, the way down prog, uh, the way down revenue stream was way down. Nobody was buying that anymore. And she had all these bills to pay. She was looking for an alternate revenue stream. And she turned to the church of Scientology to try to figure out how they did it and how they suckered in the wealthy people to open up their checkbooks. Um, and that's that pastor from the Nashville Church of Scientology. Yeah. Uh, his picture's in there. That's the one that I went to visit. Uh, I drove down and parked oh, in the parking yeah, lot. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was there, and I visited the same guy. Of course, I didn't tell him why I was there, and I did not tell him that I knew anything about Remnant Fellowship Church. We never mentioned that. I yeah. just wanted to see the inner, inner workings of the Church of Scientology and meet this guy who had been to Remnant Fellowship Church, and he's a real guy. His, you can see me interviewing him on video matches the picture of him at Remnant Fellowship yeah. Church. It's, I looked it's him the up. Same His guy. name Jeff something. Is it Jeff? I can't remember his nah. name now, but I looked him up, yeah. Yep. Oh, he is guy. the head guy. Yeah, head guy of Church of Scientology in Nashville. So did he actually preach at her church, or he just came for a business meeting? No, well, he Gwen doesn't let anybody preach except for her. Yeah. So he he was given several different speaking opportunities, and I think he visited with their staff and visited oh. with their leader uh, in private. Um, but he was definitely brought in. I believe that he was even paid. Uh, that's a guess. That's not fact. I think that he was paid for his services to come in and talk to them. Oh. Yeah. Gwen really – she really had to have a new revenue stream. Her her revenue stream had pretty much petered out to almost nothing, and that uh, and that's how come she turned to uh, she wanted a reality TV show, which turned her down. Came came and filmed, and she had to pay the film crew to film her. And the the film crew's result was that there is no story here, and, and no, we don't want to do a reality TV show. And then she turned to YouTube and created her own 
YouTube series, Life with Gwen and Joe. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, the, the utopia. <laughs> and even that failed miserably. Nobody nobody wants to watch it, and nobody's going to give her money. She had to have a new way of convincing people to send her money, and she was frustrated, and she was willing to try anything. Okay, our live stream is going to go off here in about a minute, but we're going to continue on with the rest of the program. Like I said, you can, in about an hour or so, it, it should be up. I'm going to play the rest of these audios that I have in case anybody is listening or especially some of the people from this remnant fellowship. Hopefully we can help rescue some of these people away from this false doctrine. And uh, anyway, I'm going to play the rest of these audios, but we will be losing our live stream here shortly. So, How can we even get to God? We have got to go through Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to put this over here. Anyway, to get to God, you've got to go through Jesus. Jesus has put in under him, you've got the church leaders, you've got leaders, you've got authority, called authority. You've got the church, you've got, uh, you've got your boss at work, you've got, uh, you've got, um, you know, spouses, if you're married, like your husband's over the woman. So what does it mean? If you don't, you can't get to God to get your prayers answered unless you go up this authority line. In the early days of the church, the for public consumption model of leadership and remnant was there are certain men who are elders of the entire church who are considered like, you know, global authorities or super elders or whatever. And then when was under their authority. So it's a pretty simple structure. But the truth of the matter is, I don't believe that idea that Gwen is accountable to anybody. So if you take Gwen out of her slot and put her on top and put her over the elders of the church, that's your leadership structure. Leadership is men, which I always found interesting that a woman's the leader, but then she puts men over everyone else. Their leaders are basically recruited from people who are proven faithful members, who've lost their weight and sustained it for some time because that's always the proof of purity, weight. You would be told to go to your assigned leader for different communities. You had a certain leader that was kind of over that area in the town, but anything that we went to them with, they would have to go to Gwen to get the answer for. That's who she kept around her, and only those that would totally do and say whatever was coming from her. You know, one thing that I've learned through this whole process is that really churches are messy places full of messy people with lots of messy contradictions. And that's partly what draws them together. But cult leaders don't like that. Cult leaders like it neat. You join Remnant, this is the box you're going to live in. It is a pretty box, but this is, these are the boundaries you're going to live in. There's only one choice if you want to enter in through these doors. You will love authority and direction and redirection. You will love it. Therefore, lay it down. The leadership has say in everything that you do. You don't go on a trip anywhere without their permission. You don't have family come visit you without their permission. 
you don't go to funerals or weddings of family members without their permission. You are not alone ever. You're in church services or you're going over to someone's house. They use WhatsApp and Marco Polo to keep in touch with you all day long. They even control your media, your social media. I actually gave Ted my Facebook login and password. He would log into my uh, social media page. He would go in and see who's doing what. We always de facto to Ted Anger. It seems like Ted was the de facto everything. Like, Ted was Gwen, Gwen's right-hand man. Good Sabbath. Welcome. Are we not grateful to be in God's house this morning? And I know all of us are just grateful to be alive today. I know I... Yeah. You remember something. They like to say that's God's house, the building. Well, it's not God's house because God doesn't live in a house. He lives in his people. So when, when you go to these places and they tell you, this is the only place, this is God's house. And uh, they try to make it like it's exclusive. But some of the the uh, things that Gwen believes, she denied the incarnation of Christ as a disgusting, loathsome, loathsome thing. She denies that faith alone in Christ is enough for salvation. She denied by default the atonement of Christ at the cross through her total obedience and authority line teachings. She denies and even scorns the existence of the body of Christ as an unclean forsaking the very entity that Jesus died for. She denied the Trinity believing in one God but denying the deity of Christ deity of Christ without making clear who he is except being the son of God and almost completely sweeping the person and work of the spirit out of Christian life. And so even though she she uses Jesus, his name, and she and she quoted Bible scriptures, she wasn't talking about the Jesus we know. And here's another clip. Needs were being met, and people were losing weight permanently, and you couldn't keep it quiet. The Way Down workshop spread quickly in the 90s to more than 30,000 churches, including Chattanooga, Dalton and Trenton, Georgia, and Cleveland, Tennessee. The diet doesn't emphasize exercise, instead just total devotion to God and the elimination of greed. So I must be saying something right, because I go in there and say, stop lusting after the food, and you won't binge. Guess what? It works. But this class isn't your ordinary Bible study. The program feeds on guilt. In an email sent to followers, Shamblin equates overeating with sin, writing, people are lusting after it and longing for it and are basically in bed with it. It seems pretty radical to equate eating and the food in your refrigerator with lusting after sex. Is it? drawing that comparison. Is it? I mean, these, if, if you were with some of these uh, people that could not, they, they think about it all day. They have a rendezvous with it. She says that lust will keep you from losing weight and keep you from eternal salvation. God Almighty, the God of the universe says, I can't go to heaven unless I lay down greed then I knew I was onto something, and also that's when it took fear. It was fear of God. 
the fear of God is the basis for her startup church called Remnant Fellowship. Waydown members formed the core of the congregation. The church and Gwen Shamblin were thrust into the Christian media spotlight. That's when Shamblin defied the Orthodox Christian belief of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, saying God is above all. The backlash came from thousands of churches pulling Waydown out of their congregation. Then the charge from critics. Waydown and Remnant Fellowship were the beginnings of a cult. The parallels between Remnant Fellowship and, and Gwen Shamblin's teaching to classical uh, non-Christian cults are, are just chilling. Rafael Martinez is a Christian researcher who studied cults for years. Now it's Remnant Fellowship catching his attention. There's no honorable way to differ with them. You're either with them or you're not. You're either black or you're white. Martinez says cults often see themselves as the only way to get into heaven. The Remnant website warns visitors, beware of so-called counterfeit churches. To Gwen, that means just about any church, your church. People who are in these counterfeit churches, the mainstream churches, we're talking about the majority, almost sure. everyone in this country, sure. if they don't see the light, so to speak, are they going to hell? According to Jesus, they would. Martinez is concerned it's that the remaining mainstream churches are helping Shamblin's cause thanks to the Way Down workshops. Do you look at that program as a way to funnel in people into Remnant Fellowship? Yes, absolutely. He's using it as a means of getting into uh, churches to find a market. 111 satellite remnant churches have opened all across the country and abroad in just two years' time. They are using the, the, you know, the, the, the tactics of, of deliberate fear, deliberate pressure, deliberate and, and I think insincere recruiting to get people into their group. No former members. Isn't it shocking that he said there was 111 satellite churches that opened up? I wonder if those uh, satellite churches are still in existence. That would be something to find out. Here's Gwen. She had to do a deposition. Now they caught this thing on on uh, video here. indicated that a plane crashed into the water just off the shore of the freight sanders recreational area we do anticipate search rescue efforts to continue through the night um, we will provide updates as we have them continues after a plane went down into Percy Priest Lake. Investigators updated us just about an hour ago and they told me that their rescue efforts have now turned into recovery efforts. 
Rutherford County officials just confirmed the seven people on board are all leaders at Remnant Fellowship Church in Brentwood. Gwen Shamblin on May the 23rd, 2019. Court reporter, would you please swear in the witness? You raise your right hand. Do you swear or affirm testimony that you gave this matter? The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. What is your position with Remnant Fellowship? I am one of the leaders. Have any of the members of Remnant Fellowship been asked to leave? Remnant Fellowship because they're overweight after being there for a long period of time. No. Have you ever shunned a member of your Remnant Fellowship because they had not yet lost all of their weight? No. No. Have you ever shunned a member of your Remnant Fellowship because they had not yet lost all of their weight? Never. Do you encourage members of the Remnant Fellowship not to socialize with non-Remnant members? No. To your knowledge, do any of the members of the Remnant Fellowship consider you to be a prophet? That audio that you just heard in the beginning is the uh, plane contact with the tower. You can hear that there's radio contact. You can hear the pilot answering back, and then you hear the nothing. The the radio tower is communicating with them twice, and they don't answer. And then they ask someone, did you see see anything? Because there was another plane flying, and he said he didn't see anything, but the plane went down. And uh, Gwen was being sued. I guess by some ex-members there in 2019, and she was taking a deposition, which they were able to capture on audio. Here's a clip about her talking about greed. It's not evil. It's a love of It was never intended to be accumulated, but rather used as one small tool to build up the kingdom of God. When Jesus told us to sell everything, it was symbolic but completely real for the heart. And when you finally sell everything in your heart, you will be at peace. If you cling to your money, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, you'll find it again. In this country, greed to make money is considered a virtue. But I can assure you that being more like Christ, and then following even the animals, which look to the heavens to be fed day by day. It's the most liberating. No doubt it's wise to have savings for a rainy day so that you can take care of your family and be responsible, but there's nothing more refreshing than the heart of generosity. Yeah, she liked to talk about giving everything away, but she wasn't giving everything away. Here's another clip. 
you never heard any documentation of any Israelite man ever not recognizing a female prophet. In the Bible, there are the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Malachi. In Remnant Fellowship, there's Gwen Shamblin. She seems to be considered a prophet by all members of Remnant Fellowship. Which is why former Remnant recruit Adam Brooks believes members like this Atlanta-area couple now charged with beating their son to death are willing to yield to Shemblin's judgment on the use of severe discipline for children. If Gwen speaks about parenting, you can bet that people are going to listen, they're going to take her advice, and they're going to follow it. Are you a prophet? I don't believe I know what my gift name is. So I, I will tell you, I'm still wrestling with that. I've been told that for years. In fact, videos from Shamblin's Way Down Christian Diet Plan strike an Exodus theme, and she finds reassurance in her own PR. Even in the Atlanta Constitution years ago, they likened me to, to like a, a present-day Moses to a certain extent because it was breaking people out of the slavery of overeating. And on September 11th, Shemblin quickly sent out an email to her followers comparing herself to the Old Testament prophets and saying she had been trying to warn America. Working on my Ph.D. Adam Brooks lived in New York and was being recruited to join Shemblin's church. She was kind of saying, you don't have a lot of time to make a decision. And uh, a smart person would, would decide in, in my favor and get underneath uh, the authority of Remnant Fellowship because that's the only thing that's going to protect you. Former members say there was something exhilarating about Remnant's claims to be a group of believers who are becoming completely obedient to God. They always said this is the true church. You know, there's no other church. Every other church out there is counterfeit. So this is drilled in your head, you know, week after week after week. Are encouraged to listen to Christian music by Shamblin's son Michael, but avoid other Christian artists who might present counterfeit messages. And Shamblin tells her followers that she has the authority to tell them what's right and what's wrong. I have not been put in this position because I'm going to put up with you all's disobedience. If I hear of it, then I will correct it. If I come, if I have to come to you, then you're really in trouble. It was storming. It was God's judgment. We might not live for the night. She used a lot of fear. And then if the storm was over, then she'd say, oh, God's so good. He actually let us to live another night. Remnant's church services have even drawn protests from parents who say Shemblin encouraged her followers to cut off contact with their non-remnant families. I don't, I don't understand why I'm not here to in my church. Both of y'all are so brainwashed that y'all don't even know. One of those parents, Pamela Carney, blames Shamblin personally. It's all about being here under Gwen's control. She wants to control everybody. I do believe we are on the things. I believe God's making public what we're doing. Shamblin says the questions about the apparent child abuse death of a young remnant child is just God's way of getting out word about what she calls the New Jerusalem. As to what is the truth about remnant fellowship, so you think if you lie for God's sake, it's okay? I believe that if God calls you to, that you had better protect Jerusalem. There's so many cases in here where uh, people did that their thing to protect Jerusalem, and so they were rewarded. Yeah, well... They realized when that plane was going down, they, they realized when that plane was going down what their reward was, I guess.
because who were were any of them prepared? I don't think so. She preached a false gospel. She led people astray. Yes, they were evil. Yes, they were. They were evil and they were wicked. And they didn't have a good end, that's for sure. But for all those that are listening today, you can be ready to meet the Lord. And the only way to to know that you're ready is to come through the Son, Jesus Christ, and accept his free gift of salvation. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10.13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Accept the free gift of salvation today. If anybody is trying to lead you astray and lead you away from the Savior, then run for your life from these people. If there's people listening that have been members of Remnant Fellowship or they're still members, flee for your lives because it is it, this place and these teachings will lead you to hell. Accept Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive you of your sins because he can and he will. No matter what sin you've committed, where you've been or what you've done, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's our program for today. God bless you all. I want to thank everybody for listening. And I hope that some of the people that have been involved with this cult will come out of it and accept the truth because it's only the truth that can set them free. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the teachings of Gwen Shamblin. They were twisted. They were perverted. And they can't help you. These This church, that they call it a church, but it really is a cult group. They can't help you. They can't give you peace and give you joy. Only Jesus Christ can. Thank you all for listening. And if you want to email me, please email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. And I would love to hear from you. God bless you.
Good. 